Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do another TV season review. This is going to be for the first season of the Netflix show called Heartstopper. But I'm not alone today. I'm your host Matthew and joining me today my co-host is uh, Gray. How's it going? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to talk about this one. Me too. Yeah, good to have you back as well. Um, especially to talk about, you know, something like this as well. So, um, so yeah, Gray's really here good. with me today to talk about this show, Heartstopper. Uh, which is on Netflix, as I mentioned. Uh, just as we normally do, we will start off with a spoiler-free section. So if you're just curious about, is the show any good? Do we recommend it? What do we initially think of it? Uh, if you want to know those sort of opinions without getting into the spoilers, you can stick around for this first part, and then we'll let you know when we go into spoilers, which will be much later. And uh, we're going to do things that way. Um... So let's just go with our general impressions first. I'll go with, because I've already written the title, obviously, of the draft for this. Um, I'm going to probably give this one of my must-see ratings, of course, that we have here on Entertainment Talk. Uh, you don't have to do the exact same thing, but uh, I really, really um, love the show and everything. Um, what did you think of the show, Gray? I absolutely love it. It's, um, it's such a wonderful show, and it's a mood enhancer um it is perfect for any weather any time of year mm -hmm. it is just something that is feel good and you have to have an open heart and an open mind to watch it um and i think there can't be many people who will not enjoy it yeah definitely definitely um because i i mentioned i think i'd watched about a couple of episodes and i was on geek town so i thought i'd mention my initial impressions there as a few weeks ago, I think. Uh, and then obviously we went to watch, was it eight episodes for this first season, I think? Yeah. I think it's uh, ten. Oh, is it ten, all right? Oh, no, it's been renewed, so yeah, it's probably just eight. Yeah, yeah, eight episodes eight, yeah. For, for this one. Um, so, yeah, eight episodes are about 30 to 40 minutes each. Um, I really think this is an excellent show. Um, I think it's also a very important show, such as these types of shows are. You know, you've got... Um, I, I, I really do like the the growing catalogue of LGBTQ content that we're getting, you know, you've got things like Love, Victor, which is my kind of standout show. That's a very, very important show to me. Uh, obviously, you've got this that joins it. You've got It's a Sin, which is a massive show from last year. You've also got... Um, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head for some reason. <laughs> no, um, one that got released this week, Big Boys on all four, Channel 4. Right, that Another one. Another one yeah. that's really, really important. Um, so, yeah, it's, there are some great ones being released and is is opening up that dialogue about uh, queer tv narratives mm -hmm. um and not always having to be a stereotype so uh that's, that's the important. other thing we've got to think about as well yeah 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 that's definitely important so um i'll admit the first couple of episodes i was like okay this is quite good it's definitely still got the important factor it did take me a little bit of time to get settled in to this but it was kind of one of those shows where once I'd gotten settled into it and sort of clicked a bit more with the characters and what was sort of going on, you know, it takes a little bit of time sometimes to set things up if you've got a brand new world, characters you, you don't know about and that sort of thing. Um, but once it sort of clicked and it had gotten itself into place and it had started doing some more emotional moments and things, um, then I'd kind of just... Because sometimes how I watch Netflix shows, because you almost have to treat Netflix shows differently because they all come out at mm. once and they don't sort of, you know, um, you don't even do what sort of Apple does, which is three episodes and the rest or what everybody else does, which is one at a time. 
Um, Netflix shows you almost have to treat a bit differently for pacing, just because the way that they're released. So for me, it was kind of I watched the first couple of episodes, like dip my toe in a bit, and just to get a bit of a feel of what what it was and all, all that sort of thing. And then once it had got to that click sort of point, um, which was like just before the halfway point roughly, then I was like, okay, I'll, I want to just see all the rest of this now. And like I, I really sort of clicked really, really well with it and stuff. Um, how did you kind of find the, the pacing of the show and everything? Or did, did, um, so did it sort of click for you straight away or how, how did that go? I, I'd have been, I'd, I'd heard along the grapevine that this was coming out um, late in 2021. I'd, someone had told me something like this was being made. Mm. Um, and I was visiting London earlier in the year and there's a bookshop up in London which specialises in comics and things like that. And I was passing by one of the shelves and I saw the comics for this. And so we're talking early February, probably I saw this. And I flicked through it and I saw on there it'd been now being made into a major Netflix show. So it was on my horizon. So I had I had the 22nd of April really sort of posted in my mind that this was going to come out and I must, you know, must catch on to watch that. Yeah. Um, and I think because I'd had that anticipation uh, and I watched in two she did four episodes one day and four episodes the next and i i'd done it by the 23rd of april um i was you know quite passionately wanted to get through it um i i i really enjoyed the gentleness of the storyline and i yeah. i'm a fan of love victor just like you are i know we've talked about that many times on geek town and on here um and what i feel this did is we weren't as cliched we weren't as you know glamorous with our storylines it felt really natural and and being a british person as well and growing up in the british school system and the british dynamics between friends i felt this had a had a lot more sort of natural tone to it and a sort of i felt myself even at my age many years i felt myself relating to certain elements of their story which i don't feel i could do with love victor i'm not putting love victor down i'm just saying it, this was like the love victor for British teenagers and we needed it and it absolutely works. Um, and for it to come out at a time when Netflix is going through such um, a controversial time, you know, we consider where their new stories are, it's been really refreshing to see this at the positive end. And <clears throat> it's actually bringing together the community uh, that are championing this sort of television. Um, so, yeah, I, I adopted it really well and I'm really glad I did. And I know pretty soon after I'd watched it, I think I'd messaged you quite soon, hadn't I? I was like, oh, Matt, you need to go and watch this just yeah, yeah. because I wanted to share it. And I was messaging people in my groups. I was telling people at work the next day. I was, you know, friends had given me suggestions um, and I was telling them to go. And watch. I, I wanted to share its storytelling. That's mm-hmm. what I felt about it. Share the storytelling. Are you going to see explosions? Are you going to see dragons? Are you going to see death and like real drama? No. And that's what I think wins for me. We're not going to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, to me, just the because I I don't want to do too many comparisons with Love Victor because like I mean they're both great shows. We both really enjoy both of them. Um, Love Victor to me has just got that more special personal um touch because um I, I don't know if i've said this on an episode before i wouldn't be out right now 
if I hadn't seen Love, Victor. Like, because mm. I, I don't think this show would have done that for me either. But there was a very specific way and a very focused and individual way that they t- they're tell- well, telling the story because it's got one more season of Love, Victor left. That it really, it hit me in a different way. And, and they're, they're telling the story differently here because you've got more of a, a group of LGBTQ people. Whereas in Love, Victor, it's mainly focused on on him obviously you've got like a couple of other characters and stuff because you've got simon who kind of makes little cameo appearances but uh because that was such a again it's not a knock against heartstopper it was just that the way that love victor told its story and the actual idea of it um and how that kind of specifically affected me is just is just that little bit more special to me but that's yeah. that's simply just down to personal preference and stuff so yeah, yeah absolutely, um, absolutely. just to just to speak on that, by the way, I did ask you before we uh, came on the air because I, I didn't want to spring this question upon you. Um, do you want to give a bit of a background on your own um, sexuality and, and that sort of stuff and how it kind of maybe relate if there's parts of that that you relate to the show and things? Yeah, so um, I am an out gay man, um, but I'm very late. Um, I did. I, I came out very late. I'm talking about 2018, 2019. So just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to get to that point of feeling happy. And I suppose this is um, one of three programs that have really brought me brought out those emotions, which I probably realized, you know, that I've been sort of buried away for many years um I like it's ascended it for me back in you know when it was released in 2021 um and this did it for me there was it just feels I'm trying to say this in a really nice way there's a, a bitterness I feel that I couldn't find my place in the world earlier um and I know we shouldn't have any regrets and you know there's a there's a life out there where I came out when I was 17, 18. And, you know, I, I had most, most of my adult life as a gay mm-hmm. man. I'm really happy with where I am now. And I'm happy with everything I've gone through. But I think really what gets me and what's really tapped into these emotions is that I, I have some regrets that the, these characters are living an idyllic gay life that I wish I had. But I also wish it was more reflected in today's society. I think we're getting there. And I think are really helping those really open communities. But I still know there's a, a lot of problems out there. There are still mm. a lot of schools and education systems which are struggling um, with uh, having this sort of environment. Um, but there are moments where, you know, I could see the a teacher that I knew when I was at school in the teacher in the show. I, I, he had that way right, that people right, would yeah. go to him. And sort of, so those, it was, there was almost like a, a bittersweet, I wish my life was like that. Um, and that's where I come to this from. So uh, I'm very happy with where I am, but there's always that little bit of, oh, I just wish my life was a little bit more like Heartstopper. Yeah, yeah. So you relate to Charlie in, in this then? More more kind of, I guess. <clears throat> I think I've got some relations to Nick. Like, um, okay. I'm sure this isn't a spoiler, but some of those elements where he is hovering over the laptop and things like that. I right. felt I was there. I, but I'm by no means a rugby player and one of the lads or one of the jocks, which I think mm. is sort of like how he's set up to be. But that questioning, um, I, I didn't have the confidence of Charlie. Charlie was himself and was was himself from episode one. I think I probably see a lot more of Nick in myself and um, 
that that questioning and that I see, and yeah. wanting to stand up for for other people I, I i live in a dream world where everyone just accepts everyone and i think that's nick has that power as a character right. like even before he's fully accepting of who he is he just doesn't want people to fight he wants everyone to get on and he welcomes everyone into his life and gives them a fresh start whoever they are and whatever they are and whoever they like mm-hmm. yeah it's brilliant it's good yeah what about um, yourself? Uh, I'm openly, uh, well now, openly um, bisexual. Um, I came out in August of last year, so very, very recently. Um, and uh, that was quite a, kind of a, a long journey and stuff. And one of the points, there's actually, there's one very, very specific point I do want to bring up as well um, about the, the bully in this show. Because as the bully was doing or having their scenes, I kind of noticed something. So I'll, I'll mention that in just a second. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that's obviously where I am with that. And um, I suppose I should go on to the point with the bully, actually. There was a point with the bully in the episode. And I can't remember their actual name or if their name gets mentioned, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, and I think it's Harry. Harry what, or what, was, what was so interesting with that? Is because obviously this is when they're in high school and stuff, and like, um, I part of me at high school was sort of, I'd like to try this, and what I mean by that is like, you know, kissing a boy or or something like that. And there was even mm. a couple of friends I had that were, we were in a similar boat, and what was happening? I, I very specifically remember it. What was happening at the time? The way sort of being. Um, LGBTQ or get you know gay or however in school was almost treated as like you're doing something wrong. Nobody had said that to us, mm. but the way it was looked at when uh, in my specific school where, where I went and stuff, it was almost as like because kids were making like you know gay jokes and things like that, or like oh you're you're um, you're so bad at football, you're gay, or you know, little kind of things like that. Um, not again, not directed at me, but there were sort of how can I kind of explain this? There were sort of these jokes that would go around the school again, not ni- not nice ones if you look back on them now, but we thought differently of them back then because of how almost things... ex- yeah, almost yeah. accepted humor that we right. didn't challenge, but we should have. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. and um, I kind of. With the bu- how that kind of links to the bully is when he is, you know, being nasty to Charlie specifically or sort of teasing Nick and everything. Obviously, Nick and Charlie are hanging out and they're like, you know, trying to go to the cinema and stuff and that sort of thing. And not only did I realize something because I, I thought the guy's acting was kind of bad, to be honest. Or I, I don't know if that was he what he was specifically going for. But because I looked at the character that way, I was like, okay, the the way you're the way you're saying the things that you are, whether that was the way he was supposed to be portrayed or the actor was a bit off, maybe. But it made the dialogue that he was giving, the homophobic dialogue that he was giving, feel like it had that sort of lesser impact. And what I mean by lesser impact is it it I didn't sort of look at those scenes and think like okay, you seem like someone really horrible. You seem like someone who's just kind of... What you're saying just comes across as stupid. And I sort of looked yeah. at that... Yeah, I suppose that's... I, I, I sort of looked at that and looked at the way... 
those conversations used to kind of happen. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it, it gave me this specific kind of... Your his his homophobia had less impact because it it felt so sort of weak almost, but because of the way the yeah. character was talking, and it made me look at that character and think, no, you're kind of them because he's kind of saying like, oh, is he you know gay, a bit pathetic and that kind of stuff, and it made me look at the character and think, no, you kind of you, you're the one that kind of seems a bit pathetic because of the because of the way that you're talking, and the way that you're. Mm-hmm. The way that you're trying to offend this guy, and even though, obviously, it does get to to Charlie and you know it affects Nick and that sort of stuff. Um, do, do you understand kind of what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think you've got a very good point. And I wonder if it was a performance decision, because actually that type of behaviour and bullying has less and less credibility and less and less power. And if mm. you made that character quite strong or over dramatized it in any way, I wonder if it would put too much, give too much agency to the bully. Uh, when you were just talking then and talking about that, the character, I kept flashing back to some of the stereotypical things I've seen like in my time on things like Waterloo Road and those sorts of programs where you have the bully who hates a gay character and they're brutish and they're brash and they say really stupid things and they are seen as a buffoon and a fool. But what what wrongly happens in those programs is they then later down the episodes become the hero and they become the one that we focus on and we seem to forget. And he always, you know, with this situation, this character doesn't really get that turnaround. He actually, he has to pay the price for his homophobia and, it really is done in a clumsy way. And I think that was on purpose. Mm. And I think, yeah, it's, it's not a very good performance, but it's not a very good thing that he's doing. And actually he probably just doesn't feel as confident. And along those lines, like I really, really dislike um, the character that Charlie was in a relationship with in episode one. Um, is it oh, Ben, yeah, the yeah. one who meets him in secret, you know, that there. is, yeah, that feels very, villain-esque you know that's probably the most over-the-top character that we had and that that probably was one of the worst stereotypes we had in in the program Mm. um and again but i think it was done in such a villainous camp way that we're supposed to dislike him we're supposed to dislike his performance and and because our our protagonists are definitely nick and charlie Mm. yeah definitely but i suppose a different way for me to put what i was saying as he was delivering his homophobic lines, I kind of had this thought in my head of, is that the best you've got? Yeah. Where, where, whereas if I... Not trying to encourage him to make his homophobia worse, but to sort of... Because if I'd have been... you know, if you, if you rewind me all the way back to high school and that person saying that stuff to me, which didn't specifically happen, I'm just giving it a hypothetical example. If that had happened to me, I would have been more impacted with that Mm. but now kind of you know you fast forward me as a 28 year old adult looking at somebody saying the somebody saying their insult in that way it just uh yeah it it was an interesting way to look at it and and to look at to look at that character and then think of the more nastier people at my school that would make those like not specific aimed like gay jokes and stuff 
Um, so that that's kind of a little bit how I related to that, I suppose. So, mm. um, yeah, again, nobody was specifically homophobic to me at high school because I wasn't, like, out or anything then. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I suppose in terms of Nick and Charlie, I... Um, let me just go back up here a second. Uh, I think I did relate to Nick more, and that's not just because of his journey and everything, which is has got a few similarities to mine. Um, but like things didn't happen in obviously the exact same way. But the way he, um, the whole questioning path that he, that he kind of goes on. Not that I was sort of like looking things up on a laptop or whatever, but. Similar things like that did happen to me at mm. at that age or whatever age he's sort of... I guess he's supposed to be like 15, 16 or whatever, aren't they? So yeah, um, that was kind of going on as well. So, um, But overall, I think this is a fantastic show. Um, I think it's important. I think it's a must-see show. You'd pro- I'm guessing you'd agree with me that it's a must-see show. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, go and check it out on Netflix. Uh, eight episodes, about thirty to forty minutes each. And Netflix has been kinder this time because they have renewed it for two seasons because they've Yay. been uh, cancelling a lot of stuff um, in nice. the last in the last couple of years. They've been on a bit of a to quote David, they've been on a bit of a bloodbath themselves. So, yeah, something I um, mentioned to David uh, when when we went through, I think it was some of the the, t- the renewals and cancellations and stuff, and he brought up. Uh, Heartstopper renewed for three seasons and I'm curious about what you think of this Netflix has been has in the past specifically cancelled shows after three seasons Yeah. given that we've got two more like they specifically renewed it up to three what do you think Netflix might do after the third season comes out it's a tough call isn't it because obviously uh, there are rumours that these might not be ready until 2023-2024 but there's also rumours that they're going to film them back to back so the characters still look at their age. I think Oseman has five novels at the moment um, I think uh, but um, Heartstopper wasn't even her number one it was I think Heartstopper's like number three in the sequence so it will be interesting to see where the other versions go um and whether she works backwards or forwards um so yeah i think there's yeah there's five heart stoppers but before that she wrote a book called solitaire which i believe is based on charlie's sister um who we see in the in the program um and then she wrote something called this winter all similar characters and then she wrote five volumes of Heartstopper. unless netflix have said to her you can have three episodes, three seasons, but all volumes have to be in it. Possibly. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's um, it's tough. It's tough because we know what Netflix are like, but uh, they they would be stupid if those numbers came in well. You know, right? It's they want they'd want the creators like they've let Stranger Things do. They'd want the creators to finish on their own terms. Mm. If like you're going to be, a we big... want this number of seasons. We want to tell this story in five or four or you know whatever yeah. seasons. Yeah, yeah. You'd want you'd want to see the the statement from Alice Oseman who who wrote the comics saying, "I'm happy. I'm going to be able to wrap my story at this point." Because you know we've also got to understand it's a teen drama. It's coming of age. I I also wouldn't want to be 23 seasons down 
meeting Charlie and Nick as adults, I don't know if that would weaken the story. Right. You keep yeah. it, keep it fresh, keep it what the story's about. Um, I hope there's more of a, um, a turn in the story to look at some of the other characters. I mean, we all love Charlie and Nick and absolutely I love it, but there are some other key characters in that story around the edge and within the story that would really benefit from having a light shone on them. Um, mm. Even characters like um, L, even characters like Isaac, you know, Isaac always head in a book, but you know, there's a story to be told there. Mm. Um, I think that would be a really good development of the plot. Um, they've got to be clever with it. And I think, you know, I think it'll do well for season two and three. Yeah. I think yeah. I hope I've been, yeah. Mm. we'll see we'll see what netflix decides to do so um because mm. they're, they're in a bit of a, a, bit, a bit of trouble themselves at the moment so yeah yeah, yeah. um it's like because netflix it still is at the top and everything but they've just fallen asleep at the wheel a little bit they need to wake up and steer the car in the right direction so yeah yeah um that was the next point i was going to mention to you actually so we get the this first season which is mainly focused on charlie and nick I would, and this is something I mentioned, I think, on Geek Town as well. They did a lot of development with the two of them. Again, we won't go into specifics because of spoilers. Um, I would like to see the other two, because I don't know how much more you can focus on Charlie and Nick, like, more and more, and then leave the other characters as, like, not side characters, but they were main characters that didn't have focus. I would like the focus to shift a little bit more to the other characters and really sort of dig into their stories and everything. I think that would be... uh, that would be ideal of what you could do with uh, seasons two and three. Again, depends on how these books and stuff go and what sort of stories yeah. in that. But um, that would be good. Uh, is there anything else, spoiler free, you wanted to mention? Um, I just love the diversity across the whole cast. And I, I just think there's absolutely great representation as well. And, you know, these young actors have really brought it out. And I think... <laughs> Is, this isn't a spoiler because everyone knows it. I just think when you meet Nick's mum for the first time, that had me, which is lovely, oh, me Olivia too. Coleman. Me too, yeah. Just like, I was like, oh my God. And she just knows, doesn't she? She knows which things she can be in, which will touch the right spots. And yep. she clearly yep. wasn't paid a lot for this. This wasn't a, you know, a big starring her on a poster. And it's so sweet her little arrival and the way she Mm. responds and that little moment in the kitchen and the car and you just think perfect and also to hear Stephen Fry's voice over the tannoy um, (laughs) I just think it's the stamp of approval from from a a great um, LGBTQ plus um, like figure and a great ally in Olivia Coleman and I just think that that was that was beautiful to see those people appear in it and it it gives that quality to the show as well Um, that it's not yeah it's not just a bunch of tryhards it is actually real quality storytelling yeah definitely definitely um just want to note as well by the way um although it currently is the 31st of may i'll be releasing this tomorrow for the 1st of june just so that it's fresh for next month so we can kick off our uh, new month of content so um it will be pride month so happy pride month to everybody um of course and it hopefully will be a very good month um it'd be a whole month long thing and we'll see kind of what uh happens with that but yeah happy pride month to everybody who is lgbtq and uh of course if you even if you're not lgbtq you can still get involved and everything like that so um good good and uh we'll see what happens with uh everything like that but uh yeah what, what, what month did this get released again was it april 
April, yeah, towards the end of April. Huh, interesting. Yeah, because I kind of looked at that and thought, hmm, you didn't save it for Pride Month. Like, you don't, like, have to or whatever, but, um, no. yeah, thought that was interesting. So, anyway, um, that's what we got for the spoiler-free section. We'll do a quick bit of housekeeping because we have a... Uh, some new content and stuff to talk about and then i will give you a spoiler warning when we get into said spoilers so you can still stick around for a minute so we'll be back in a second and uh, we'll see you from see you for some housekeeping see you in a minute hi there and thanks very much for listening today i'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links the first of which is our amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I did a couple of lists yesterday, or ranking sort of lists. Uh, They were both um, DC and Marvel related. One of them was simply top five worst Marvel and DC TV shows. So going through obviously that list, uh, it's not MCU or DCEU or Arrowverse specific, it's just Marvel and DC TV shows. Uh, So top five worst Marvel and DC TV shows, so you can find out what those were. And then on the flip side of that, I did top ten uh, best Marvel and DC TV shows. Again, same rules apply, not Arrowverse specific or MCU or anything like that. Uh, just Marvel and DC TV shows, but top 10 best Marvel and DC TV shows for that. Um, so you can check out that. I have done also the same thing for film. So top five, I think it was five for each, top five best and worst Marvel and DC films. So I've done all four versions of those things. So you can check out all of that over on the gaming talk podcast this week uh we have now got a new release date for call of duty modern warfare 2 which is apparently supposed to be uh fully revealed soon we got a very small teaser trailer and uh information is continuing to come out for that so we talked all about that uh we also talked about hogwarts legacy it's going to be getting some haptic feedback which i'm very very excited about because it's one of the biggest things in gaming for a while um so that looks very very good and we also talked about um sony is commissioning 
or ordering to series uh, three PlayStation TV shows. That's for Horizon, God of War, and uh, Gran Turismo as well, which will be like a car show sort of thing. So uh, we talked all about those things. Um, over on the football side of things, Liverpool lost their Champions League final, which was good, and uh, <laughs> they've had their squad. Uh, their squad over the last few years has been very, 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 very highly rated, but uh, they haven't actually come out with as much as what you'd expect a highly rated team to do so. So I simply pose the question. Is this, because Jurgen Klopp is the manager, is his Liverpool team, the Premier League's, most overrated? But instead of just looking at this Liverpool team's accomplishments, I looked at, you know, historically other big Premier League winning teams and what they've done in seasons and why they are a little bit overrated. So uh, I talked all about that. Of course, next year they can go on and win everything, but they haven't done that right now. So I talked all about that. Uh, the Flight Attendant came out with its second season on Sky Max and HBO Max, not to confuse the two. Um, but uh, I did my Don't Skip review for that, and you can uh, check out that. That's the Kaylee Koku show that's come back, um, which has come back with just... Everything's coming out right now, isn't it? So we got Stranger Things and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and everything like that. But I thought I'd get through Flight Attendant first, because it did come out before those things. I liked the season, gave it a Don't Skip rating, so you can check that one out as well. Uh, me and David have finished for the first half of season six covering Better Call Saul. It's on a mid-season break until the 11th of uh, July. So uh, that's for Better Call Saul. It's up to season six, episode seven, and it will have its final six episodes for the final part of the season um, later on in the year. So we talked about that. Um, I also did a big kind of Premier League final day discussion so over on the actual specific league, talking about May Knight's final game, of course, as well, who got relegated, who won the league, who got the championship, uh, Champions League spots, all that kind of thing, because it all got decided on the final day, so there was all that stuff as well. Uh, the Boys is back for its third season this week uh, as well, so I, a few weeks ago I did a, a preview podcast for that, talked about what I would like to see in the season, and talked about the trailers and all that kind of stuff, and the you know the bonkers show that the boys is so that's back for its third season as well and that's everything we've been doing on entertainment talk dog and on podcast platforms now is the point when we are going to go into spoilers so if you've not seen Heartstopper, we very much recommend that you do watch it before you listen to this next part of the podcast so it's on netflix eight episodes very good very very emotional very important show just go and watch it go and watch some good content and all that kind of stuff as well uh, so if you're listening on a podcast player, press pause, mute it, click it off, play some music, whatever you want to do, uh, click that off as well. Or uh, in the meantime, if you're listening on the website version of the episode, same things, pause, mute, back, click homepage, or listen to another piece of our content, whatever you need to do for that. Um, Alright, so the spoiler section, what should we... Is there anything specific you'd like to talk about um, Yeah, I just wa- I wanted to talk about how well the narratives um, are developed without too many cliches. Um, And I think none better than the initial, let's say the setup of the whole Nick's dating this girl in the girls' school. Um, And then we find out the girl in the girls' school, um, Tara, is going out with Darcy. And I just think that the way that storyline was set up feels like we're going down a cliché. It feels like there's going to be a huge reveal. There's going to be a moment where everyone's going to be pointing and laughing and there's going to be this hyped up moment. But I think I just love, and there's many reasons, I'm just using this as an example. I just love how it's done so delicately. It's not done with too much fanfare. And it's done through the eyes of the characters 
understanding the journey. So the moment Nick sees Darcy and Tara kissing at the party and that beautiful moment where he sees them and he is so happy for them. Yeah. But not and the the cynical storyteller would be like, oh, he's happy for them because that means he's now free to go and see, you know, see what his relationship's like. But no, he's happy because he can see this girl is happy and she's actually got the confidence to say who she is and who she wants to be and is in public. And I think that really touches Nick as a moment like, am I that free and comfortable to be able to do that? And I think that starts his journey, that mm. moves him to, you know, getting onto the his laptop, almost telling his mum and then moving that journey along. And I love that he is a bisexual character. He doesn't have to end the story with, no, actually, I'm gay. And I think it does a great thing for bi-visibility and which is sometimes a problem in our society that mm. a character um, who says they're bi must always be gay at the end of the day. It's their journey. And, and that's such a bad cliche. And I love how Heartstopper doesn't do that, that Nick thinks he might be bisexual. He investigates and he tells Charlie and Charlie is absolutely not phased. And there's no discussion like, oh, it's a phase. Oh, he's halfway there. It's nothing like that. It's just acceptance. And I think that's what this show does. And I haven't found a show. I can't think of a show that does that for bisexuality out there mm. at the moment. I can't, you can recall one, but I do not believe there's one that actually does it in such a positive and affirming way. So that's my big spoiler thing. It's about the nuances of the storyline and seeing Nick's journey done genuinely and without huge fanfare and fireworks and explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that because you, you kind of would almost expect like him maybe falling really hard for Charlie and, you know, you know, he's all in on being gay and, and that kind of stuff. But no, he des- he decides obviously what he how we'd like to recognize in his in his journey which is good and again that's where i kind of related to certain things in the story with charlie because you know i started realizing that i like guys at a certain point of course that journey was long and it was kind of you know um uh you sort of well that's literally what queer is is when you, you know questioning and that sort of mm. stuff so i was at that point for for a bit of time um, so, like you said, seeing Charlie go on the laptop and sort of look a few things up, and not that I I didn't specifically do that myself, uh, or I don't remember doing that, but um, I kind of related to that as well. Of like, when you're in high school, and I, I knew that I liked um, girls at that point because um, I was, you know, attracted to them and stuff. But I remember it being that point where. Um, I I realized okay there there is something there with me and and guys which is what what uh, Nick kind of goes through as well and then not mm. me me thinking not thinking to myself like oh I have to be like one or the other so straight or like it has to be one one or the other and I I liked that like you said about uh, uh, Nick's part of the story I thought that was uh, really really good so mm. um one sort of um. Just to kind of, because you mentioned this, the scene there with Tara, or Tara and uh, Darcy. One, it's uh, quite a technical aspect of the show. Something they started doing early. I think they did this in the first episode, and I didn't like it at first. There was a scene I think early on in the show 
when um, there was two specific things that they did. There was one part where they were laying down in the snow, if you remember that from like early yeah. on, and they started doing these little graphical uh, snow things, a bit bits of snow over the screen. But they did it. They did it in this like animated style. Yeah, it's a heart. It's um, and, sort of like a heart back to the comic, I think. Right, and I, I was looking at that at the time. And I was like. What are you? What? What is? Why? Why are you? Why is it doing that kind of thing? <laughs> and uh, I got used to it as as it went on. And there's a few points where um, I think Nick and Charlie are sitting next to each other, and there's little blue butterflies that fly across the screen. I was like, oh, there it is again. Um, and I was trying. I was trying to work out like was there a theme there or something like that. The point for me where it actually worked quite well, and a, a, a part that I thought was actually quite effective. There's a part where um. Charlie and Nick, one of them staying around the other's house or something like that, and they're sitting and they're watching a film, and I think it's Charlie falls asleep on sofa or say whatever, and uh, Nick goes to put his touch Charlie's hand like very very lightly. He doesn't actually end up mm. touching his hand, but as his hand gets closer to his, you get this little electricity animation. Yeah, and yeah. I thought I thought oh that's a really good way. That's like a much better way to do that because I can with that I can more tell sort of literally like that's the where they say you know sparks between people and you know what yeah. so somebody goes on a date and they say oh was, you know was there a spark there that sort of thing that's kind of what I got from that and like the the way the animation actually happens where he's putting his hand close and you get this little zzz, you know, thing kind of happening like that and they, they do it a few more times in the series as well. I thought that was a good touch, but that was a very specific thing that they were doing uh, throughout the show. Still, when they did it with like the snow stuff and all that, I didn't really sort of get it. But then when they did that part later on with the hand touching and stuff, I thought that was a a good touch. In fact, the first time they did it on on the screen, I almost did find it slightly distracting because I was like, "Wait a minute, what what is what 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 is this, this is kind of like going on?" Um, what did you so think I- of the sort of animation parts with that? So I I saw it as a real reference to it being a comic book, and it's I I, right. I believe you might seeing lots on Twitter since I think it's Alice Oseman's own drawings who wrote the comic book, and I think it's her sort of touch on putting it over so that people remember this comes from her comic books, and these are her characters, and they they like and they've got that i think there's leaves and there's butterflies and there's snowflakes mm-hmm. um and what i really like is that she appears in this episode in, in the series as well um very briefly if you didn't know she is on the train in the very final episode where they get the train um out to the seaside there's a shot and there's a woman sat next to them on the booth opposite drawing and it's alice oseman the creator okay. and she then goes on twitter and she was drawing a sketch of them at the time Hmm. Uh, while they're on the train opposite her so it she was so heavily involved in the entire creation she was on set um nearly the whole whole shoot um so i think that's where we get it it's almost like a little bit of a a, a, um, an artistic signature for the show to say that it's her work Hmm. yeah yeah marvel's done that obviously over the years with like stanley that not in the way of him drawing stuff but he's obviously made cameo appearances in the uh some of the MCU films, which has stopped for a couple of years, obviously, he unfortunately passed away. But um, there's some similarities with that, I suppose. So, 
Um, but yeah, what, what did you kind of think the first time the animation came up and, and, and that sort of thing? I really liked it. I thought it was really sweet. And that I think that fizz, the fizz between the fingers, uh-huh. was probably the first time where I got that little gulp in the back of my throat where it got, got me emotionally. Mm. Um, and I, I really sort of found that quite heartwarming. And, and I, I think a lot of Nick, the way Nick reacted to moments with the bits that got me hmm. and the bit where he wants to tell his mum that really oh that really got me quite badly in terms yeah. of like I was nearly blubbing at that point um but there were just some really beautiful moments um the rain was just like the the ki- the kissing in the rain under the umbrella was like oh if only life was like that but it was so <laughs> sweet and so done yeah. so nicely and creatively and yeah i yeah i I can't Mm -hmm. stop singing its praises i'm sure there's something i should say that is the negative side of thing but i just can't at the moment (laughs) i I can't think of one either apart from like apart from my few very little nitpicky stuff that i've maybe mentioned um but there isn't there isn't anything that sticks out where i'm like you know what i really hated this portion of the show or something because um, sometimes you do have those things in media, right, where you got something that you really, really loved, but there's like one little element where you think, okay, if you'd have just maybe fixed that little part, but no, I can't think of anything for this show. So, um, yeah. always uh, as a gamer as well, because um, if you rewind the scene that you were talking about slightly, uh, they were playing on the Switch, which was quite cool. They've got this little. Uh, um, poor Charlie and Nick have to play with little little Joy-Con controllers. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, we, I, I know you don't know much about like, or you're not a gamer and stuff, but uh, they're very, yeah, very small, very flimsy, very poorly uh, made controllers, basically. Oh. Uh, <laughs> as somebody, and the ones used... that come off the side of of the yeah. main screen is that? Yeah, yeah. I've played that one of those before. Yeah, I'm playing yeah. Mario Kart. That's the extent of my gaming. I'm playing Mario right. Kart. That's what I they tried were playing, to use one of those in the episode, weren't they? What? Oh yeah, they probably were. I think, yeah. So yeah. many relatable elements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that I always look out for as well is when you've got those actors in those scenes, are the controllers actually on? Because they're not a lot of the time, <laughs> actually, as well. So, uh, yeah, because usually controllers have like certain lights on them and stuff. But um, yeah, they're on in, in that particular scene. So that was a uh, that was pretty cool. Um, uh, anything else that you want to talk about? Any any uh, no, moments? I, I think I've 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 covered my spoiler bit that I really want to talk about, which was the nuance of their storytelling, mm-hmm. um, and obviously to talk about Olivia and Stephen, which we already mentioned. It's not really a spoiler, but you know those yeah. are two great cameos. Um, um, no, I I yeah I, I I'll stop singing its praises now because there's just so much that can be said mm-hmm. about it. People who are listening, if you if you've got to this point and you haven't watched it, but you're listening onto the spoilers please, please go and watch it because you're listening now because you've sparked an interest and you want to hear more. Mm. So go and give it a try if you haven't. Or if you have, go and watch it again. You know, it's definitely something that can be uh, happily consumed a second time. You're going to find lots of new things in that second viewing as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the, the the other scene I wanted to talk about as well is uh, the, the coming out scene with um, Nick and his mum. This is where I did have uh a, a bit more e- e- even more sort of relatability with um nick again that's not specifically how my situation happened and my dad was also in the room as well um but as you, as you mentioned that those those couple of times where he sort of you can tell that he's thinking to himself and thinking like i should tell her now 
And me, me sitting there as somebody who's done that less than a year ago, um, it, it, it's interesting because I was sort of looking at those scenes and being like, your mum's going to be fine with it, just tell her. And like, it, it, even as somebody who realises how hard that is to do, um, mm. it's interesting because when, when I was talking to like a few friends here and there and they, and they were sort of saying like, Matt, you just go and tell your parents it'll be fine. And I was in Nick's situation of like, but will it? But what if this happens or that happens? And you're not questioning your sexuality, but qu- you're questioning the outcome of the the situation. Or uh, one of the pro- one of the problems I actually had was how do I, you know, what <laughs> what sort of what day and what time do I sit down with my parents? And you know, it's silly little things that that kind of get into your head with that. Um, and mm. like, how do you start the conversation? And um, what what do you do how much do you build up to you saying the actual sort of words and that kind of stuff and you could tell maybe not to the full extent that i've just explained because obviously the scenes are like slightly shorter than what i've just said but yeah those parts with nick where you can tell he's sort of thinking okay i should do it now or uh, and whatever and you you can tell how nice his his mum is obviously sarah played by olivia coleman as you mentioned um, and then he finally just sits down, and you—it's just that big relief kind of thing. And that—that—that uh, that, that scene was probably the one that did get to me the most because uh, it did take me back to you know August last year and everything. So, mm. um, yeah. So, a- any thoughts on the actual? Because I know you talked about his sort of build-up and stuff, but uh, any thoughts on the actual coming out scene? No, and I, I think it was quite relatable. And I always joke with um with my own mum about it, and like, obviously fully grown adult when I came out I was like I wanted more drama I don't know why I think I'd grown up in in such a whirlwind of all these dramatic tv shows that I wanted more drama and there wasn't drama it was just acceptance and that was just a love and I don't know I joked with my mum at the time I I don't know I wanted you to be all dramatic and start crying (laughs) and you know that and and I think sometimes you want things like that but it didn't happen in Heartstopper because that's not what always happens. One story in about a thousand ends in drama. You know, that everyone's got a story, but the media has always seemed to focus on big dramatic storytellings. Um, and you've got to find the the norm. And so many, so many people are accepting that coming out is not a, as big a thing as it used to be. Um, and I think the Heartstopper did it well. And it was that's just a lovely mum to have as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it just kind of reminded me of like when I uh, I told my parents and stuff, and then we all went off and did our own things afterwards. And I went upstairs, back upstairs, and I was like, "Oh, that was much easier than I was expecting." <laughs> but it, it's the book it's didn't that sort say of, it was going to be this easy, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's that sort of like going past the door thing where you're on one side of the door and you're not, and you're completely overthinking everything. And you go through the door and you, you, you tell whoever it is that you want to tell. And you, you, you break past that point. And then if you do get the same outcome that myself and sort of Nick did, where it's this very calm, very relaxed sort of like, you know, um, response. And then just like probably how Nick feels afterwards is sort of, that was very calm and very kind of easy. But it, it's getting past that barrier and everything. That's uh, mm. That's the point, so... Um, did you want to mention anything else about Terra and uh, Darcy at all? 
Um, I I hope their story is developed more in the ongoing yep. seasons. I felt we got a lovely element of them, but I feel like there's more. Um, they're quite diverse characters to be in a relationship together. And we sort of got a hint of that um, with Darcy being a lot more confident and a lot more... Um, you know, she's clearly been out much longer and is in a mm-hmm. community that has accepted her for much longer. And I think um, you've got Tara, who's quite new to it. And Tara indicated she's been the popular girl throughout growing up. And there's that beautiful flashback scene where you've got baby Tara and baby Nick holding hands. And it was always destined that they would be the couple. I'd love to see their characters develop a lot more within um, uh, the next series, as I would like to see Elle and Tao develop a little bit more and see where that's going. There's a lot of hints along that direction that that would be moving into something a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I think I would like to see those characters um, take a little little spin. As with Isaac, I think, you know, well, how many more characters should I say? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think that will kind of wrap it up for there. Um, that's our thoughts on Heartstopper. Uh, for those of you that have seen it, hopefully you have, because we've told you everything. Um, but for those of you that have seen it and you want to write in, let us know which characters stuck with you, what were your relatable points, you know, do you have a story that you want to share or anything like that um, about the show, and what, what would you all like to see in the next couple of seasons? And hopefully, if the story isn't wrapped up by the third season that we do get, a fourth one depending on how things go but you can write in let us know your thoughts feelings questions comments whatever you've got uh, to matthew at entertainmenttalk.org there's twitter etalkuk there's a contact page information in your show notes there's also a big email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in those same show notes so lots of different ways to get in touch uh, probably the easiest way to do it is the the email box because lots of people that's what most people tend to use anyway so you can do all that um, yeah, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, games, films, and main night podcasts. There's going to be a few more things yet this week. Uh, of course, we've got things like the boys coming back this week and all that sort of stuff, so... Uh, look out for all that as well uh, if you want to support the podcast entertainment talk you can of course just listen to more episodes that we've done either on entertainmenttalk.org or by finding us on your favorite podcast platform so check out more of what we've done you can also tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it either by just telling them or using social media that kind of stuff helps us out as well patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for the ad free podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh great where can people find you online um, they can come and follow me uh, at Gray the Geek on Twitter. Uh, they can also come and find me. I podcast at least once a month with Dave on Geek Town. Um, and my next recommendation, if you're here listening to Heartstopper, is to go on to Channel 4 and look for Big Boys, a new, uh, another LGBTQ queer program, a different take on coming out in the noughties um, uh, about a young person who goes to university. Uh, and that's a true story, and you can read all about it as well. It got released on Thursday last week. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. So come and talk to me about Heartstopper and Big Boys over there. Cool, so go and find Grey over on Twitter and, of course, on Geek Town. Speaking of Geek Town, you can find uh, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Geek Town Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays. Have a look out for those. There was one, yes, one released today, wasn't there? So have a look out for that one uh, for your air date information and keep an eye out on those air dates. There is going to be a lot of them. And when I say a lot, I mean more than a lot because I mean more than I've ever been seen before uh in the coming months we're not even actually we're not even actually in june yet and we've already had like three shows come back already uh so 
Uh, we've got like Stranger Things and Obi-Wan and um, Flight Attendants come out, but um, we're not even in June yet, so ha- have a look out for those <laughs> air dates and uh, all that kind of stuff, because there there's a lot. I mean, on the... On the twenty second, so this is this is one specific date to keep an eye out for. On the twenty second of June, we get Paramount Plus, right? Which come for, for my interest, which comes out with the Halo TV show, the two Star Trek shows, one returning, the new one, and the um, what's the other thing that they've got over there? That those three shows, and Umbrella Academy comes back on that day as well. So that's that's the kind of thing you can expect to be happening in June. So keep an eye out for those air dates, uh, renewals, cancellations, pickups. Um, and casting news, all that sort of thing. Um, Geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio, check out all of that. Uh, um, if you want some fun content over on Twitch, you can go and find Bexicle streaming over there. Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, you can find her over on Twitch, uh, Instagram and Twitter. So go and check out what she's working on at the moment. You can also find me streaming on Twitch now and again uh, for different video games. Uh, E-Talk UK for my channel over on Twitch. And if you miss any of those streams... All the FIFA career mode episodes, all the game clips, I've updated the game clips now on there. And you can find all that stuff over on the YouTube channel, which is Entertainment Took Place. So a bunch of content over there, go and check it out. And that's that for that. Uh, happy Pride Month for everybody. Thanks very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.